Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. And is it Friday yet? Dude. (laughs) It is for some people. Is it 2022 yet? (laughs) It is for some people. Oh my gosh. Oh, tonight. (laughs) Tonight we're going to talk about communication (laughs) in marriage. Because we're experts at that. Uh Um, We're going to talk about what to do when your spouse doesn't spend time with you because they're with their kids. Is there a reason for that? that? How to handle the other home manipulating the kids okay. against your home. And then can living separately as married people work in a blended family? Ooh. You know what? We're going to talk about that. I know some people who do. I don't know if they still do, but I know some people that started off that way. Living separately? Yeah. They were mm. one of our featured families. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> bear with me as I'm... It wouldn't be another night if we didn't have technical difficulties. Yeah, to the so point. So our printer I, I, is like, I, I well, it's not tech. It's just I, my lazy ass didn't go get ink. So I couldn't print, which really sucks. Cause yeah, because you're so lazy. I know. Okay. It'd be one thing if you're really lazy, but you're not at all. Like you've been nonstop. Yeah. Welcome to Blended Life, right? Hi. We Blended are nonstop. Life. Okay, so first question. These are all write-ins on Instagram, actually. So if you have a question that you want discussed on air or advice on or a situation that you feel like maybe others can relate to or you just want to connect, uh, message us. Instagram is a great way to do that. You can do that through email, um, our Facebook page, reach out our website. Um, we try to get to everyone. So, um, and if not, just keep bugging me. And I do and it on YouTube. I, I get back to everyone oh, on YouTube. YouTube. You guys are always writing in on YouTube. I appreciate that. Yeah. Liking, commenting, subscribing, ringing that bell. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of subscribers. We're yeah. Over, yeah. We, yeah. we hit the, the 1.5 K mark Yay! this last week. So thank Thanks, you guys, guys for subscribing that. Uh, it helps us. I mean, yeah. And also I know we keep teasing this, but I just kind of don't want to tease it and want to address it. Um, life coaching for blended families and step parenting is going to happen at the end of the month. I will be a certified health and life coach in opening up my own practice. Literally, literally. She's got so, the keys to it, you guys. <laughs> so I'm just, um, we've been teasing one-on-one sessions with us and, we are also looking into creating, can I say it? Sure. A Patreon account yep. 
which would be a monthly subscription to Blended Life. Um, and you would have special content and it would also come with one-on-one with Eric and I together. So that would be different than the life coaching or health coaching thing. It would be just Eric and I having one-on-one session with you guys. Um, and just, it's not recorded. It's not for air. It is just, we're zooming or we're in person if you're local or we're on the phone, if that's what you prefer. So we do have these, we just keep teasing it and never really talking we're about finally it. We're finally making steps. We're finally heading <clears throat> the, like we have, yeah. Do we so, tell them the even bigger news for Blended Life? <laughs> Maybe not yet. Okay. Well, not yet, you guys. I don't know if you want Stay to. Stay tuned. There's more to come. But I think that for now, like, there is going to be opportunity for those of you who want to connect and would be interested in investing um, in your blended family through either one-on-ones with Eric and I or, like, life coaching for you specifically. Um, and she calls it one-on-one so. because we are one. <laughs> two on one that's no, what we, you would call it oh my oh gosh, my gosh. Um, blended life threesomes here we come oh my god here we come get it oh, oh gosh so funny all right. all right anyway going to our first question okay so she loves us thank you for thanks us. for loving us not very Anon- many miss, people miss do anonymous, so. <laughs> mrs anonymous yeah whoever you are see and she says that we are real and sugarcoat we don't sugarcoat stuff yeah you know what we get a lot of feedback thank like you. that and that we're raw and sometimes a little <laughs> and sometimes a little messy that's another one that raw we get. and messy and that's really sure. i mean like what better describes a blended family than this is it raw messy yeah like kind of you know we're trying to get a little more organized here, and that's coming in the future. Like we're we we're got really some, trying we got to pull our things, shit together. But we people. are a blended family, yeah. just like you guys. And if you guys know, because you know, blended life is not easy. So. No, and <laughs> and one of the hardest things is communication. And so she has a question that says, "My husband and I are having issues communicating. I'm not communicating on his level." And vice versa. So it's like you're speaking two different languages. We know nothing about that. Um, You guys seem to have been through this a lot. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we just stopped talking. (laughs) When in doubt, don't communicate. Half the time I just just grunt. Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You got the smile and nod down today pretty good. (laughs) Yes. That's happy wife, happy life. Yes. Smile, nod. Yes. Good job. Okay, so in Siri, all seriousness, she just says that we seem aware of how we communicate with one another. Can we give advice on our awareness around each other's communication? (laughs) I'm just smiling and nodding for all of you listening. (laughs) Go, come on, you're you're the talker. I smile and nod, you you talk. Yes. Okay. Um, I think it's. Communication. (laughs) Look, I think it's a lot about building trust over time. Um, And it takes equal parties being like, it's okay if you have different communication styles 
that's male, female, that's humanity. Like we all have different needs. We all have different wants. We all are receptive to certain things and turned off by certain things. And I think that's okay. What I, this is distracting. Can you please stop that? (laughs) He's like a bobblehead next to me. Um, But I think it's not the fact that you have different styles. I think it's all about like heart issues. Because if if you really care about your spouse, their hurt feelings should matter. Their frustration shouldn't land on deaf ears. And so I think that you have to be brave enough to speak your truth. You know, and it is a type of situation where it is like I've had to learn to be respectful because I I try. I'm you not try. always I'm working on it. No, of course. Because if I'm like I'll be really raw and honest, fine. You know, <laughs> one raw of, and honest. One of Eric's really biggest problems in our relationship early on, and it creeps up a little bit was that he felt I talked to him like an employee. Like I had a a position in a company where I was a vice president. I was an HR. I directed a lot of people. I dealt, you know, my whole day was essentially talking to people who worked under me, mostly. With authority. Yeah, I was an authority figure. And so what would happen then is I would come, and then as a parent... You're an authority figure, or you should be, right? You're not a friend. You're an authority figure. So you have, like, my whole day was wrapped up professionally as an authority figure. And then in my parenting, again, authority figure. And I think that when I came home at the end of the day, it was just the hat I was wearing. Like, I, I guys are really good about being in one box and then getting out of that box and being Co- in another box. Compart- compartmentalizing. Right. So you could leave work and come home and you're in a whole different space. Women are a little different, right? We carry it all with us all the time. We're like a noodle. Like it just, it. there's no box. We just are. And so. No, all noodles have boxes. <laughs> okay. Well, we have. Anyway, moving on. So I think that. Now I just lost it because I'm thinking about boxes. But I mean like, so, oh, so Eric and I, like one of our communication issues was that I would come home and I was trying to communicate to him, but I was coming off as like, you're my employee or I am your parent or whatever. I'm an authority figure over you. And that was never my intention because I never saw Eric as anything more than a teammate or an equal. But I had to really work on like if I need to get a point across to him I have to understand that this isn't effective so if you know how you're trying to communicate something to your spouse is ineffective because it pisses them off they it starts a fight or they get defensive like it's, it's the way not it makes, working. yeah it's the way it makes you feel and I don't think we ever even would have gotten to that place if I wouldn't have been able to communicate how that makes me feel. And I think that's where a lot of miss a lot of communication is missed in relationships is people feel a certain way, but they're too afraid to say how they're feeling or they're they're yeah. they don't know how to communicate 
how they're feeling, you know, and a lot of children are like this too. And as parents, it's our job to teach our kids to use your words, right? You know, don't, don't punch holes in the wall. Don't, don't throw your toys, use your words. This makes me feel, you know, we've talked about that a bunch of times. Um, but as adults, as parents, as leaders, as husbands, as wives, it is a very, very, very necessary tool for us to use our words for communication. Let let each other know how this makes us feel. Yeah. And um, the thing is, when you're married, right, and you love each other, when my husband tells me that how I'm communicating to him makes him feel bad, that should land, right? That shouldn't be dismissed or sidestepped or you know, whatever, rolled your eyes and like, you shouldn't be gaslighted. Like I shouldn't turn that back around on him. Like if Eric were to come to me and say, Hey, you know, that makes me feel really like shit when you talk to me, like I am your employee. And I turn that back around on him and be like, Oh, you're sensitive. Like you should be less sensitive, like grow a pair, dude. If that was my response, that's called gaslighting. Right. Because now I am like dis not only dismissing his feelings i'm turning it back around on him and making him look crazy and feel even worse than i'm already feeling in that right in that time and i think that's the problem with communication is that our partner finally is vulnerable and it takes guts and courage to be vulnerable and say how you feel and if you can't have an open heart to receive that then your communication is going to be kind of doomed and your partner's going to feel dismissed and unloved. And what's going to happen is they're just going to stop trying. Eventually, you stop putting your hand on the stove if you keep getting burnt. Like, we learn, right? So if every time you try to talk to your spouse and they gaslight you or they get super defensive or it starts a fight... And every time you try to be vulnerable and share a piece of yourself and it shut down, eventually it shuts down. And so I think it's a heart issue. Like you should care more about, not more about your spouse and yourself, but you need to care that if your spouse is trying to come to you, that it matters. And well, and it didn't just change on the very first time I told you this, the first no, time I was a, telling you this. How long do you think it took? Years. It, and how many times do you think it took me? A thousand. Me? A thousand? Well, here's the deal, because it's changing habit, right? If that's right. the way I talk, like, it doesn't magically overnight, like, even though it landed and I didn't, that wasn't my intention and it made me feel bad, it is still, like, I got to change how I essentially talk, like, that's a well, that's you have a, to, yeah, well, you that, have to, thing, it's, you know? it's a big part of it is situational awareness, just being, it, it being able, it's kind of that compartmentalizing thing Yeah, where you realize what situation you're in, what environment you're in, who you're talking to. I mean, because it, it, this goes kind of, you know, each, each employee, you know, say your boss, you know, uh, a vendor, Whoever it is, you have to wear different hats. So when you're only wearing one hat around and that's being the boss, and a lot of people do that, you know, that's that's something some people do, you know, then you end up talking to everyone the exact same way. That's right. But in blended families, 
we're trying to wear so many different hats. At least essentially that's kind of the goal here is to be able to prioritize and um, hierarchy, you know, who everyone is and what they do and, you know, essentially be able to talk to everyone in the appropriate manner, you know, and, and that comes down to, I mean, even our kids and our stepkids, biological step, whatever, we've got to learn to get them on the same playing field to make our hierarchy work. If, if we can make the parents come first and hierarchy and then the children, not our children, you know, my kid and then your kid and let them step that way. It's going to it's going to play out a lot better because everyone's going to feel their appropriate place yeah. and equals, which, you know, it's it's easier said than done. But yeah. And I also want to say that the best way to communicate is to listen. And nod your head. Yes. But really don't communicate to respond Like oftentimes we're just waiting to cut the, I'm not good at this. We do this to each other, but we listen to respond. We don't listen to receive, right? We're listening only to pick out what we can tear apart. We're listening to figure out how we can turn it back around on the other person. We're listening to figure out what holes we can punch in their argument and you have to ask yourself, is that really love? Like, is that? Well, is it really listening too? you know, if you're only listening to be, if you're very narrow minded or narrow eared, eared, mm. narrow eared mm-hmm. about what you're listening to, are you truly listening or are you just picking out the parts that you want to pick out? Are you hearing the whole situation, the whole, you know, are you hearing their heart completely or are you just hearing the parts that you want to hear because that's what you can make an argument off of. Yeah. Yeah. We only receive what lands as um, negativity or what we're offended by. And it's taken out of context because we didn't listen to the whole thing. And so if you want to be a good communicator, stop talking and start listening. Step one. You know, and for women especially, we're smart. We can learn to... car compartmentalize compartmentalize like that is that is a a skill that can be learned it's just easier for guys because you're wired that way but that doesn't mean that we can't also learn to take one hat off and then put the wife hat on you know put on the mom hat when you're parenting and the wife hat when you're not or when you're with your girlfriends you you do you act a certain way and so it is within our realm of possibility to also learn to compartmentalize and um anyway that's just a side note so um but I do think it's an effort to learn how your partner receives like you have to know your partner well enough to know how they need to be talked to kind of like love languages right what makes me feel loved doesn't necessarily fulfill Eric. Well, how Eric feels loved, maybe I don't really need. Same with communication, right? How I need to communicate to him may be different than how I need him to communicate to me, but that is our job as spouses is to learn each other. 
you know, if you're not willing to learn your spouse and then behave accordingly, communication is going to be really, really, really tough. So it's okay if you have different communication styles. Your spouse should learn how to talk to you the way that works for you and, and to be able to get their point across and vice versa. You should have to understand who your spouse is and try to speak to them in a way that they will receive it. It only helps you, you know, and and I think that's it. Do you have anything to add to that? No, it's all about listening, communicating, and learning. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this is learning. Yeah. You know, reteaching ourselves, um, putting in the effort. A lot of it's just effort, you know. Um, we have so much going on. Again, we're in a blended family, you know. Things couldn't be any harder, any crazier, any more confusing. So taking the time, and it's not tons of time. It's just as you go, taking the time to learn and, you know, just like you said, re relearning how to do this and listening. Yeah. Just it's all about taking the time to do it. Yeah. And one thing that we are taught in coaching, right, life or health coaching, is that the cure for judgment is curiosity. And so how one way you can, if you're feeling really super judgmental towards your spouse, because if you're coming at your spouse judgmental, it ain't going to work, right? Like you, you know, you're going to put them on the defensive before you even speak because your body language is going to be a certain way, your tone, your attitude, communication, right? So much more than words. Um, and so if you want to change your heart from a judgmental one, you can start to get curious about, well, why is my spouse behaving that way? Why don't my, my spouse and my child have a great relationship? What may be the reason? You know, what is going on with my ex? You know, it, could it be that they're acting out because they're having a really hard day? You know, why is that person on my tail on the freeway? Well, maybe maybe they're trying to get to the hospital because a loved one's dying. I don't know. Maybe they're just really crappy drivers and live in our area. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> my point is is when you find when you can come at your spouse in a place of curiosity instead of judgment, your communication will a thousand percent improve. You know, where you're not asking a question to make a point, but you're asking a question really because you just want to understand what's going on. Practice that and walls will come down. Well, yeah, and a lot of times that's where grace starts, you know, where the the anger or the bitterness ends and the grace and understanding starts. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. So think that's it for communication for now for now we'll talk about it again in a minute i just have a feeling <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay so this person says i need some advice as to how to talk to my husband i guess we're gonna talk <laughs> well let Luck me tell you. um how to talk to my husband so he won't take this the wrong way <laughs> okay so i'm gonna start right there and just say when you approach this, make it about you, not him. For sure. For sure. So anything that, even if it is about him or a situation with his kid, make it about you. 
And someone else's kid. So my friend. <laughs> no, I'm not saying was that. Thinking about <laughs> you just want to approach it. Anything that you need to deal with that's sensitive, you need to approach it with care and concern, and not as an attack. If you come off and be like, "Why are you being like that? What is wrong with you? I can't believe you would do that." Right? Immediately. Sh- what is it? Hackles. Am I saying it right? Shackles? No, not shackles. What is it? You were right the first time. Hackles go up and defenses turn on and it doesn't go anywhere from there, right? So if you were to approach a situation like, I'm just curious what you think about maybe doing this differently or I'm curious why this, we'll get into it, but come at it or this makes me feel or I was wondering like started off not in an attack mode, but more of like curiosity or this makes me feel um, don't come at a hard situation, guns ablazing, because immediately it will just not go anywhere. It's going to put him on defense yeah. immediately, right? So his daughter is five and has been with us for a month and will be here for about six more months and basically... Six months out of the year from now on. Interesting. So are they like six months on, six months off? That's what it sounds like, but I don't know. Weird. Okay. So I'm I'm assuming that they live in really far regions from one another. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I wonder why. If you're listening to this, let us know why, because I'm curious. Like really though, I mean. My life coachings. Yeah, but. Yeah, rubbing I mean, off on him. He's curious. I <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> she rubbed off all over me, you guys. Um, no, I'm really, like, I'm curious why, like, six months on, six months off, I mean, I guess you really let a kid acclimate at that point rather than a week on or week off where I'm like, that's acclimation. But mm-hmm. also, as the kid grows up six months one place and the six months the other place, like, that's going to start getting tough yep. on a kid because they're going to get nice and settled in and, then all Friendships. of a sudden, boom, life gets turned upside down for six months School. and it's going to keep hitting them. So I'm, I'm just curious. I'm sure that there's a lot more to the story. I'm sure there's reasons. Yeah, but I'm curious why. Mm. <laughs> Stop talking dirty to me. Oh my gosh. All right. So she says we've been married for a year. I had two children from a previous marriage. Since his daughter came, I feel like I am being completely neglected. So it's been a month of this, and I'm being completely neglected. We used to spend a few hours after he got home from work talking, watching TV, just us time. My kids would be in their rooms at this point. Now he gets home from work and is with her until she goes to sleep, which is very late, like 11 or 12 sometimes. I set... I set the time apart from the beginning when it comes to my children to have that time at night to spend with him. We do nothing alone and it's not like he doesn't have time to spend with her because he lives because he is with her three mornings out of the week until three when I get home from work. How do I speak to him without him taking it in a negative way? That's I mean Okay. Go for that's it. That's a communication thing. I mean it completely is like, hey, you know, this is this is what I see. This is what I feel. This is how I feel. And I don't even think that this is a this is going to be one of those things that's going to be a negative, you know, fight. You you truly just need to let him know 
how you're feeling that you're missing these times alone, you know, lay out all the things that you miss that you guys do together or did together, what you miss about it, that you need that, um, and try to come up with a solution. I think if he's reasonable, which most likely he is, um, like right now he's probably stuck in this mode where he hasn't had a lot of time with his daughter. He's looking to make up time. He knows that this time is only going to last for so long, but also remind him that, um, you know, that's that's just one relationship. That's one relationship of many that he has. So maybe he's putting all of his eggs in one basket, you know. I mean, even if it was like he's spending all of his time with his wife and not spending any time with his kids, again, that's putting all your eggs in one basket. It's about coming up with a schedule, you know. And, I mean, it doesn't have to be, to uh, you know, to the T. Okay, well, 5 o'clock comes around and now done with the kids and, you know, yada, yada, it can be like, okay, well, we need to just carve out a few hours every single day, you know, every couple of days, whatever works for you guys. You know, you know that you have a certain night off or there's a certain night you're you're busy, you have Bible study. I know every Wednesday night you've got Bible study. So every Wednesday night, like if I want undivided attention, you know, with my kid Wednesday night, if I want to do something most likely it's not going to be an issue because you've already got your thing going. Well, maybe they have something like that, that, I mean, just, just get creative, but onto our first topic, communication, you need to communicate it and let him know that there is a void there that needs to be filled. Otherwise that void is going to continue to grow and it's just going to create a gap that is going to be so hard to mend later. So you need to start by communicating it now. Yeah. I think that how I would approach this conversation with your husband would be to go to him in a non-threatening, non-aggressive way and heart wide open and just say, I miss you. I love you so much and I miss you. And I was just wondering when we might be able to have some alone time or when maybe we can schedule, like Eric said, schedule one or two nights a week. You know, if every night it's probably not doable, but maybe one or two nights a week where we can carve out time, just us, or maybe we sneak away for a lunch date um, and just come at it like very, I love you. I miss you. I want to spend time with you. How can we, how can we, come up with a plan that we can be together and have time outside of the kids. The other thing is five years old, man. I remember when my kids were five and five-year-olds are needy. Five-year-olds need a lot of attention, a lot of direction, a lot of help. Uh, And now my kids are almost 11, you know, is our youngest is almost 11. And then we go up from there. Right. So Now I miss that. Like now that the kids are so much older and they're just independent, they don't really want to hang out. They don't want to cuddle. They don't want to do stuff. I miss that five-year-old like. Yeah, but you miss the, (laughs) you miss the, the two-year-old. You miss the, the one-year-old baby that doesn't, you know what I mean? Like I do, but I'm just. We always miss. But I'm just saying when you're in it, you don't miss it. And it's hard and annoying because you're in it. But it is a stage of her life. This five-year-old child will grow up. 
and will not like just know that like kids do grow up kids do not want to hang out with their parents all the time like you will it's a season of life and when she goes lives with her mom you know you it might be a lot of like you know first of all communicate with your husband and and find a compromise and come at it with love and care and tenderness and tell him how much you you love and miss him and and you know it's important your needs are met but you're probably not going to get every night of the week anymore, right? Things shifted when she came. So fine, find a compromise. And then when you start getting worked up in your own head, like um, when it's hard or when you just, you don't like it or whatever builds up in you, remind yourself, this is a season. She doesn't, she's not going to live with here the whole, live here with you the whole year you know, and just give grace one month isn't very long for an adjustment period, you know, um, and it's still trying to find a new normal, like everyone's life changed, and it's only been a month, so she's only five, it's only been a month, things take a lot of time, and so, but her question was how to, how to, to address it without her husband taking it negatively, and I just think it's all about how you approach it. And don't assume that your husband is doing this to slight you. No, not a bit. But also look at look at the possibilities. <laughs> this could be a time where girls night every night. Well, Just you know what? Kidding. Or or maybe you want to take that dance class because you were a dancer as a kid, you know, or you have it. girlfriends that play bunko and get together or it's a great night for a Bible study, you know. Or you have two kids at home, spend time you with your kids. There you go. Like maybe you make one night, one night is Johnny, you, mom's going to take Johnny on a date and then. What if she doesn't have a kid named Johnny? Well, Susie. What if she doesn't have a kid named Susie? But I'm saying if you have two kids at home, so maybe two nights a week, you take one child out to dinner, the other child a different night and you start, you know. Or you, yeah. Or you have a night where you, it's, 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 it's bio night. (laughs) And you do your thing with your bio kids and he does his thing with his bio, bio kids night. and you guys just have a bio night and you just do your thing and you kind of regroup, you know, but always make sure that you come back to your blended family. I think that a lot of people get stuck in those bio nights and those bio days become bio of, weeks come bio years. Well, yeah. And then all of a sudden our blended family just has not blended. We are now oil and water. Yeah. Unless you are a old six liter power stroke and then Well, and I think it's what is cool is that he has a daughter in this situation. So I think it's easier for same sexes to bond when you're step parent, stepchild. Opposite sexes are a little bit trickier. But maybe you and her do something without him. Right. You know, maybe you guys do pedicures in the bath you know, like in the bathtub, you stick your feet in the tub and you <laughs> Do little, you know what I mean? Like, There's thousands of things. But the point is, find something. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be, dang it, he's with his daughter, so I'm just going to sit here bored and, and alone. Yeah. Find something good out of it. Yeah. And well, and look at it. I like how you put that, Eric. Like, look at it as an opportunity to do something else. Like, what possibility exists now that I have this free time? What can I use my free time for? Is there a class you want? Like, yeah, start that new business. Studying, yeah, business, friendships, your children. You know, not to say don't, like, you are going to have to have this conversation and find time for you too. 
but I'm just saying your expectation for it being every night is probably not gonna come to fruition like it did before it might go back that way and it's so wonderful that you did that preemptively with your own kids right like your own kids are in the room and you set out time I'm curious though did your husband ask you to do that because chances are you did that without him asking you to and so he's not going if you were to take that to him and say well, I do that already. Like, why can't you do that? Because I do that. Well, he's going to be like, I never asked you to. We're like built different. <laughs> right. And so I wouldn't use that as an art because I could see myself <laughs> trying to use that as it just would, it would fall flat and cause issues. So uh, yeah, he didn't ask you to do that. So don't use that as an argument unless he did and then do. But, um, or don't like, why start arguments? You know what I mean? Like, come at him from a loving place. Yeah. Because this this is about a loving thing. This isn't this isn't a problem that, you know, it's it's I hate him. Yeah, that it's needs like to be I love him. That needs to be corrected. Like yeah. you're missing him. You have nothing but love and want and it's a good thing that you're feeling this way. Some people just might not care. It's be a like, good awesome. thing. I, my husband's not home anymore or is and not like perfect. <laughs> Right. You know. You know. And, and just, so let, and let him know that. Well, and also please like don't assume you know what he's his intentions are or how he's feeling. I think we come at our spouses and situations like this like you have it all figured out and you've played it out in your head already. Like why he's doing this, um, you know, what he's thinking, what his plans are. You've run off the rails and he has like, he's just a simple guy, like just trying to adjust his daughter to this new environment. He's not even probably thinking about how this is affecting you. Well, in a lot of times, well, in a lot of times too, you're going to, you're going to have a conversation like this and want answers. And a lot of times people haven't thought of the answers. We have no idea why we're doing this right? But, or where it is. Yeah. And see that in line is a problem for women though. <laughs> Because Which I will, because well, here's a like when I say he probably hasn't even considered how this is affecting his wife, right? And it comes from a simple, non-hurtful place, but that's very offensive to a wife. Like you should consider my feelings. You should see me. Like it's, it's that not, is a common theme for women. Men no, I'm are not saying built like differently. It's, it's not that he isn't considering. He might just not know why it's going this way and or how to put it into words yet a lot of times i do things and i've got a good reason why i'm doing them or the way they're going Mm -hmm. but i haven't thought it through to give you an answer you know a lot of times people sit down with their spouses and have a talk where you were saying you already played out the scenario why and how this is going to hit this guy possibly just from just from he's gonna have no idea it's gonna broadside him and he isn't ready to debate because he hasn't ran all these things through. He doesn't have malice in his heart to fight a- about this. He's just like, I love my daughter. I love you. Like, I don't see a problem. I didn't know there was a problem. This is the first time there yes. is a problem. Yes. And he might not even want to debate. It might be one of those things he just want. He just needs to hear it. And then he's got to think about it. And it might need, it might take a little time to settle in and work out all these compartments that he has things in. Yes. And then go to a place where he's like, oh, I understand. I see it this way. I see it that way. I was only looking at it from this light, but you have now shined light on this, and I can now right. see it mm-hmm. from different, you know, different 
yeah. aspects. I think that's a, yes, the male brain, ladies and gentlemen. But, so with that being said, go back to what we first said. Approach this with care, tenderness, and from a place of like, I love you, I miss you. Can we please figure out some time we can carve out together? And, you know, don't be aggressive or you know, come at it. It, it is a whole, it's all about how you come at him. So, yeah, that's totally going to set the tone. Like the yep. way the the first, I've learned that the hard way, the first 10 seconds of this conversation is yep. what is going to set the tone. So set the tone. Wisely. <sighs> yeah. Do better than me. <laughs> right? I wasn't going to say it. I am. I don't care. I'm not perfect. I don't uh, walk on water. I try though. You try. I don't try to walk on water. <laughs> she, I try to fly out of bird. To fly. I try to fly. You want to tell everyone no, the story real quick? No. Well, we got to now. I curiosity. I Here really it is. don't want to. She tried this to fly, you guys. Real, I'm going to tell the story. Why? Because you tried to fly. When I was like three. Yeah, but you still or, try to every okay. so often. Anyway, thank you. Out of a treehouse. Okay. She has a scar for it. Next question. This person says... My boyfriend and I aren't blending in the sense of living together, but our kids have met and we all spend some time together. Do you all have experience with the other household manipulate? Oh, do you have experience with the other household manipulating the kids and turning them against the other household? My boyfriend's ex-wife has been caught many times lying to him about what his boys supposedly say and has also been caught telling the boys lies about him. Meanwhile, she pushes her life and her boyfriend on them as the greatest things in the world while she talks down about my boyfriend, me, and our relationship. I'm at a loss and he's at a loss. What would you suggest? I tried going, oh, she just hasn't found information that we, she hasn't found that we've discussed this yet. It's a term for this. Okay. BLS. Blended lives, what? BL. Bitter life syndrome. She has oh, a- BL. <laughs> it's a made up term. I just BL. made it up. <laughs> Stamped it. You've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. T-shirts coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Soon-ish, like in the next few years. Um, <laughs> soon is in a decade. I feel like people get stuck into this rut when they are just living a bitter life. I feel like a lot of us have dealt with this. When you go through a breakup- and not like a high school breakup. When you go through a breakup where you've been married, you know, a divorce, have children involved, there's a lot of this BLS. <laughs> you just have this bitterness towards the other person and what they're doing. And it's like you're broken up, yet you're still so freaking involved with the other person and what they're doing and what they've got going on and who they're dating or who, you know what I mean? It's like, there's this period where if you guys have been remarried and in a blended family for quite some time now, there's a good chance you've dealt with this. If you're just getting into a blended family or you're, you're newly divorced or looking to start a family and have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, there's a good chance you're in this stage of life right now. Do you, would you agree? There's a lot of, there's a BLS period. Some of us deal with it quicker than others. Some of it drags out for years. Some of us never get rid of it. Well, I would say that was my parents. I mean. How many years later? 
my parents, my biological parents and my step parents, from what I remember, had like restraining orders against each other and were in court my whole life. My dad refused to walk me down the aisle. Yeah, they, my dad would still refuse. My dad refuses to come to the city I live in because my mom lives here and I am almost 40 years old. And they have been divorced since you were one year old. One. So one, 39 30, So 38 years, years. Of of this. Of this. BLS. Of BLS. And it doesn't mean that they live a completely bitter life and, and lifestyle. Also, spouses included. It isn't just it isn't just bio parents. It is my step parents as well. It is stepmom and bio dad and bio mom and stepdad. All four of them equally in it. And it's just a stage. That, that sometimes never people, ending. <laughs> yeah, that sometimes people just never outgrow. But I feel like it, it's a stage that a lot of people go through. And it either lasts a long time or it doesn't, you know. I feel like you and your ex have a little bit of that stage. And it might not be to the extent that your parents were at or are at. A little bit different. But then me and my ex are at a different stage of that. We totally had we totally had a year, maybe two years of that where we interrupted each other's lives. When at the end of the day, they had nothing to do with each other. We poked in on, you know, each other's significant other or what they were doing or it, it, it was total bitterness chaos. Meddling. Yeah. And it just, it and finally we outgrew it. You know, it took a couple years, but we outgrew it. And it's like, I don't care what she's doing, where she is, you know, who she's hanging out with, you know, who, who she's married with. If, uh, if our kids have graduation, if she's there or not, like it doesn't matter. We are just human beings living in the same space now, you know, where as you and your ex, sometimes it's all right. Other times it's, it's weird. It just depends on the stage. Whereas like your bio parents, like not happening 40 years later, not happening, you know, so different stages. And I think that's a good lesson. You're right. All different stages and I guess it's it's sad and unfortunate that my bio father always chose his pride, ego, emotions, whatever, over the love of his daughter. Like he was willing to miss out on my life. And then take it a step further. You know, yeah. you, you have kids. Oh, he's he doesn't know my kids at all. Like he's willing to miss out on yes, me and his even his own biological grandkids. Um, he's willing to miss out on that because of hate he holds on to from 38 years ago. Don't be that person. Right? Like w- what a horrible way to live. What a what a terrible ugly well, bitter it, existence. Be better than that. Choose better than that. But the word is bitter. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from within ourselves. It's not truly because the other person. Like, are we really afraid of the other person? No, a lot of us are just afraid of the situation and what it's going to be like around the other person and so many things. But a lot of it stems within, I'd say 99% of it stems within ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah, the other person might have wronged us, but 
we are truly not able to get over it ourselves. And I that, that was my biggest thing for the first year and a half, two years, is I wasn't able to get over the situation, how it was going, what was going on. It was a lot of my issues, my insecurities, my problems that I needed to work out till I could get to a place like where I am now, like where I said, I don't care if it's a birthday party, if it's a drop-off, a pickup, whatever. I don't care if my ex is there. I don't care if her husband's there. It doesn't matter. Like, I will drop off. I Just last week, I was, I think I was dropping my son off at the house, and my ex's husband's standing out in the front yard, and you know, I pull up and, you know, we, we, it's not a big conversation, but we chit chat, you know, we laugh about something, you know, it's, it's no big deal. I can have a conversation with the guy and I'm not like, I want to kill you or vice versa. We're like, okay, we, we are just two people living in a life that has some similarities being our kid, you know, his step kid, my, my kid. But at the end of the day, like I didn't drive away thinking about that conversation. I haven't thought about that conversation since I dropped my son off and probably would would not have recalled that unless we were just talking about it right now. It's just like, it was just, it was like having a conversation with someone in line at the grocery store, which now you're thinking like, oh yeah, I did have a conversation with someone in, in a grocery store, right? But you wouldn't have recalled that unless we were talking about it. So in this listener's situation with one household manipulating the other household, what advice do you have for that? Well, we've talked about this. And the biggest thing is you can't control the other house. The only thing you can control is your own house and what you say and the way you deal with things. So when the kids come home and they're telling you about how the other house talks about you, and the situation there, your reaction is kind of what sets the tone for this stuff even getting back to you in the first place. You know, if you don't have a big reaction and you just don't care and you let it roll off, the kids usually are the messengers in this situation, right? The kids are probably going to get bored because there's no reaction. And even if stuff is getting said, it's not going to get brought back because there it won't be worth it. Like there's no payoff <laughs> right. to talk about it. Right. So yeah. you kind of just stop the message. You know, it's, it's like return to sender, you know, you just keep the return to sender sending back. And before you know it, it's going to get boring. It's going to get boring for you. It's going to get boring for the kids because a lot of times if the kids bring this into your household, they take your reactions back and they say, Oh, well, I told mom this, or you know what I mean? If the kids are bringing it one place, they're taking it the other place. So when there's a big reaction happening like that, it's going back and forth and you're just playing a big game of bitter ping pong. pong. It's bitter ping pong. And, but the kids are the ones that are getting the rewards here. The kids are the ones that are getting the actions and getting the feelings and getting the drama. But at the end of the day, this is what we're teaching our kids. We're teaching our kids that, talking and acting and behaving like this is a normal acceptable thing and all that does is grows the little drama tree inside of our kids that's then going to stem out with them as they grow in life yeah and that's no good well and think about the ex who is just cannot wait till the kids come home and tells them everything and all the reactions and all the shit that was said because they want that fed they want that negativity fed and imagine you don't react when the kids say anything you're like oh okay 
bummer or, well, sorry she feels that way. You know, you have a reaction that's kind of like, uh, okay. It's no fun. Like, then the ex who has to hear, like, eh, they didn't really care. Eventually, that's going to get old because the ex is going to be like, I don't get that satisfaction of hearing from my kids that I really got to them and I really upset things and I really disrupted, you know, when the kids come back and are like, eh, whatever, parents said, eh, you know, um, I think that that also stops it. One thing you can't, some people... It like it just takes time. There's no substitute for time. So some people just have a really hard time letting go. Some people have a really hard time accepting. Even if they don't want to be married to you, they want no one else to be with you. Even if they didn't want to stay married to you, they don't the kids thing too. Like so it just sometimes it just takes time and consistency. And I think a lot of blended family issues are solved understanding the value of time and consistency, you know. Um, And like Eric said, how you react, behave, respond, you know, if there's a manipulative ex, um, I would make, I would shut everything down. If you're dealing with an ex who's manipulating a household, right, like we're not social media friends, you know, we're, we're not engaging in any conversation that isn't custody related. And it's very short. Yes. No. Okay. You know, we're not engaging in anything, but very black, white, cut, dry, short. They don't have a lens into your life. They don't come into your house. They don't get access to you. They don't get access to your boyfriend or girlfriend. So, like, if my ex was manipulating this, Eric wouldn't, like, I wouldn't allow, I would, we would have boundaries around my ex's access to my home and my spouse and even my stepkids. So, you need to create boundaries to protect. Like, you can't control the manipulative ex, okay? They are miserable, toxic humans. That's they. That's their battle. You just have to think about what boundaries you can put in place for your family and what your reactions and behaviors are going to be. Even if you're burning inside and want to throw a can of Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew across the room, you don't do that in front of your kids. You show nothing, right? You don't give because kids always go tell. Kids are are fucking tattletales. Nope, I don't know if they're is. they're sorry. I had to beep you out. They're born to tattle. They do it. It doesn't even matter like on their on their sibling, on their friends in school, certainly with parents. So I think that you have to understand that kids tattle and then maybe you have to just really Think about what you say in front of your kids. If that's a boundary you have to have, okay. Uh, or just accept the heartache. Like, you, if nothing changes, nothing changes. All you can do is change the way you do life. How you show up, how you behave, how you react, the boundaries you set. 
Yeah. You got you got someone writing it. You got some you got people writing it. You guys Instagram, we're gonna get to you right now. Julie's gonna log on. She didn't type her or print her stuff today, so she's not on live as we go, but she's gonna get back to you right now. Do we have another question on here? Well, I just got out of the account. So I could get on. I know. Is there another question though? Oh, like I I'm, can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't. You know what? If you're typing on Instagram, will you message me on Blended Life your comments or questions if you want a response to them? I usually am able to read it. I just can't tonight. So whatever your I see messages. There's like there's there's they go back. You want me to pull it down? I'll pull it down and just go extra close up live. No, just if it's something that you want to reply to, we'll go read them afterwards. But if it's something you want to reply to, just message me on Instagram and I will read and reply when we are done. Do we have this. another one? We have one more question. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Last one. My husband and I have been married for almost three years. It's been rough. Dude, marriage is hard. We have two kids each ages nine to 12. About a year into marriage, he stopped taking his meds for depression and it did not go well at all. He became, he became suicidal and rashly moved out. We now live an hour away from each other because of our kids' schedules, and we see each other as much as we can, which is about once a week and every other weekend. My son's baseball team is going to an event close to where he lives, and I asked him if, I asked him and his kids if they wanted to join us and if we could spend the night afterwards. He told me that he has never told me this before, but that my kids make him super anxious. And she says, I get it. When we all have four, the four kids together, they are excited to see each other and full of energy. And it can be chaotic. But overall, the kids get along really well and love being together. I am really struggling. My kids are a huge part of my life, and so is he. I love him so much and don't know what to do. Any advice? Do we keep living our life as a couple with, when our kids aren't there? He likes when I am there when he has his kids, but when I have just my kids, I'm on my own. My son is high energy, just like a lot of the other boys. He's always making music and talks a lot and is usually louder than everyone because he wants to be heard. My daughter is very attached to him and wants his attention, and I think he prefers to have a little more space. I don't know what to do. Oh, so I think her daughter is attached to her husband and just wants to be around. He wants space. Right, his stepdaughter. Yeah. Right. I don't know what to do. Life is hard. I also want to add that I've been divorced once and it was needed. I do not feel, so this time, I do not feel like it's the same circumstance and struggle that led to her first divorce. Right. Or her only divorce. And it would be dishonoring to the Lord for me to divorce her husband now. So she's just feeling lost. And what do you she's think? just feeling distant and alone? Um, yeah. yeah. You know what? The whole time that you're, that you're reading this, I'm thinking if you guys still love each other. You're making it work. I mean, maybe it's not the ideal situation, but you don't want to be with anyone else. He doesn't want to be with anyone else. You still love him. You know, maybe if you guys are able to make it work, then make it work. You know, don't go, 
getting a divorce because you guys have a weird situation or a different situation. That's like getting rid of your kid because they're different than the other kids, you know? Everyone has different situations. If you guys are able to make it work, it's not ideal, but say it it works for a few more years and then the kids are grown up and you guys can live together you know and the kids are going to change too these high energy um noise making fart machines are going to change as they get older i mean look how much your son has changed in the last three years look how much my son I was going to say it's changed in the last three years. Nope, still pain in my ass. Um, you know what I mean? Kids change, though. They grow up. They they move out. You know, if you guys still love each other, just hang on. Keep working it out. Maybe it'll work out. Um, you know, your observation of the kids or her observation of the kids, you know, um, it's, it's, not, it's not uncommon to be real comfortable when your kids are around but annoyed when the other kids are around. I feel like that's that's blended life, right? I mean, we all we all are wanting to love all the kids equally, but Julie expresses more often than anyone else that it's okay not to have the same relationship with your stepkids than it is with your own biological kids. It's okay to be more annoyed by your stepkids than you are by your own kids. Like their diapers smell worse than your kids' diapers. So yeah, you have a built-in desensitization to your own children's funk than other people. And annoyingness and yeah, neediness all of it. and loudness. So because you brought up the Lord and God, I'm going to speak to you as a Christian woman, Christian woman to Christian woman. I promise you, you cannot invite God into any situation and have it remain the same. And I went through a period of time recently that was extremely painful, and I felt hopelessness and despair, defeat. I was lost. I had no idea what I was going to do. Like, I just felt hopeless. And so... What that sparked in me was that I really needed to not put my hope in man, any man, not my kids, not my husband, not my friends, not my parents, but it was going to be divine, right? So I really have leaned into my relationship with God, really seeking him, chasing him understanding that I really don't know fully what love is. And so if I don't know about love, how can I receive or give it? Um, and I say all that to say, the more I've leaned into God, he's totally met me and blessed me. And that is what the Bible promises, right? God doesn't have plans to harm you. He has plans to... Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, yeah, prosper you and look out for you and has your favorite verse plans of hope and that's right and, and guidance and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna see you through this forest fire and get you to the other side and like you started saying at the beginning of this, um, things change and things have changed and 
You start to see things differently. You start to look at things differently. You look at things through a different lens. And if you can see things through a different lens or multiple lenses, you'll be able to see different avenues in different ways that will guide you. But in a situation like this, you know, I think you're on the right track about this. Yeah, because you can't control if he's taking meds or not, if he wants to live with you or not, if he likes your kids or not. You can't control that. But what you absolutely can control is where your hope lies. If your hope is in your husband, it's misplaced. And it's going to fail. I mean, there you can't place hope in other man or materials or just you know everything that's on this earth yeah everything you know cars drugs money women oh oh sorry i was gonna start a rap song but (laughs) just to lighten up for a second but i mean really though we are not called to worship our earthly things yeah so I just, Christian woman to Christian woman, right? I think maybe this is an opportunity to really take stock in where your hope lies, invite God into your situation, and now you have time to draw near to him, right? And so pray for your husband, pray for your marriage, pray for your blended family, ask God to bless your marriage or block it. Ask God to you know, bring you together or not, you know, because God is bigger than divorce, right? God is bigger than any sin. God is bigger than blended family struggles. God is bigger than any problem you could possibly have. And so that's where your hope needs to lie. And you need to trust in whatever doors he opens or closes, because that is between you and God. And so I think maybe this is an opportunity for you to lean into your relationship with God and just, you know, reassess where your hope is and where your love comes from. Like God is your father. He is your provider. That is the beginning and the end, your redeemer, your salvation. Right. And so, um, and, and we often ask why, why are we in these hard hard things. Why is my stepchild so hard to love? Why is my husband or wife so hard to love? Why does my job make me want to kill myself every day? Why am I such a good person and <laughs> all this bad keeps happening to me oh. or these <laughs> I thought you were going to be like period. Yeah. Why am I such a good person? No. no. No, but I mean a lot of times people ask these things like why why why, you know, like why are these people rich and they are the biggest scumbags I've ever met in my life? And, you know, I'm over here working so hard, working multiple jobs, barely making it by. I mean, you know, a lot of people ask why, and it's not something that we are here to figure out. It's there's so there's yeah. Well, right. But I think that the hardships are the lessons we need to learn. So I don't think it's any mistake that we find ourselves, right? We have free choice and we make poor choices. Well, if we're making poor choices, hopefully we learn a lesson so we don't make another poor choice, right? And so um, I think that I always say you can't put God in a box. 
I also think that you can't put blended family life in a box. I also, meaning if it works, if living separately works for you, no judgment, fine. Every blended family is different. It may not work for you. It may not fulfill you. You may want more. Okay. So pray about that. And I'm the, I'm of the belief too, that distance just creates more distance. You know, it's already hard enough as a blended family, now do it as strangers and try to reconnect on top of being a step-parent and a bio-parent and in-laws and, you know, all the things. And so that's my only caution, but who am I to say it's not going to work? We do know people who live in separate homes and it works fine for them. Cool. It wouldn't work for me. I wouldn't like that knowing how I'm built, but I'm not them. You know, and it's okay to pave your own way. It's okay to find out what works for you. Um, As long as it's truly working for you, you have to kind of be honest and figure out your truth a little bit. But maybe you just use this as an opportunity to get clarity on life. And I'm not, divorce is ugly and hard and, I don't think that you should, like, I'm not a, like, people think that we support divorce. That is not the case. Not at all. We're here to counter that. Right. However, I have been divorced twice. And do I think that God doesn't love me because I've been divorced twice? Absolutely not. It's man that doesn't love you. (laughs) (laughs) Men don't love me. Let's not get it twisted, guys. It's funny. (laughs) No, I know. That's why I said it. Dude, I've had to learn a real lot of really hard lessons. (laughs) And learning she continues to do. (laughs) Yeah. We all do. I mean, really, though. Like, if you can stick it out, stick it out. If it's something you can live with and it's working for you guys, make it work. Give it to God, though. Give it to God. I'm giving this podcast to God. Okay, and if you have more that you want, just write me. Yeah. Write Eric. Comment below on this YouTube video. (laughs) He'll write you back. As long as you subscribe and give it a like, give it a thumbs up, hey, I will respond. I can't tell you what time of day it'll be, but... Three in the morning, baby. There's a good chance. That's when a lot of them get responded to after work. So, anyways, thank you guys for being here with us. If you enjoyed this, like I said, subscribe, like... Give us a give us a good review. We haven't had any good reviews lately. <laughs> Have we had bad reviews? No, we haven't had many reviews, but we've had a few. Some are good, bad, ugly, indifferent. But we appreciate you guys for being here with our blended family. You're blended family. We are the blended life. Bye. <laughs> Bye, you guys. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.